We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Report. I'm Blair Andrews, as always, with my co-host, Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it going? You know, living the dream. Still, still in recovery, but, you know, uh, it is it is what it is. Um, back injuries suck. Uh, but I'm super excited to run it back with, uh, with one of our favorite guests. Absolutely. You know him from uh, his work on stat chasing and uh, erstwhile at Rotoviz. Now, um, hopefully we'll get him back in the offseason. But uh, Connor O'Driscoll, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I wrote, I've written articles for Rotoviz this year. Um, oh, yeah. I just mean not in-season stuff. But that's all right. Um, so uh, it's interesting because I think the last time I was on, um, I was on uh, the report uh, was literally like two or three days after your surgery, Hassan, right? Yeah. Yep. It was. It's been a while, man. It's been a long road. Uh, I remember you, you were horizontal, like <laughs> yeah. you're in severe pain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're still in pain, but hopefully a little less. Yeah, it's um, the the fun part is because it was a deep herniation, so so like uh, they were like, just be careful to not reherniate it, and that's what happened, um, which is which is a good time. Uh, luckily, luckily. I mean, I'm able to sit for a while, but it's better than just being fully horizontal. But like, it's still there's still a lot of horizontality in my life, if that makes sense. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, less there's been almost no walking, like none of the PT stuff. So we're starting a whole bunch of other things. So it's just uh, it sucks. So uh, but you started PT? Finally, yeah. After like nice weeks, but you know, there's still a threat of a second surgery. So I'm trying to take this PT stuff as seriously as I can because it took a while to like. They were like, no, you have to take it slowly. So I was like, all right, I'll take it as slow as I can. Um, yeah. And this is a bit of a this is a bit of a like a watch party um, slash sweating some of our teams. Uh, Zay Flowers, for those of you who are going to be listening to this later, he just scored a touchdown. Uh, so Trico, uh, how much Zay Flowers do you have? Do you have a lot of Lamar? What do you need um, as the regular season for a lot of these tournament best ball leagues start winding down? 
Um, so I actually, so I've got 11 teams right now who are uh, set to advance in uh, in the FFPC, and I actually wow. just, um, what you call it, I just sort of pulled it into ownership of those teams, and unfortunately, I've, I've zero Zay Flowers in my advancing teams right now. Yeah. I need a uh, best ball I've teams. Got in, uh, best ball teams on FFPC, yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, no Lamar, no Zay Flowers, unfortunately. Uh, I think that some of that is just randomness of uh, uh, which teams advance, who, who who you sort of paired them with. I do have a, a tr- uh, three Rashad Bateman teams, two Odell Beckham teams. So they're uh, they're who I'm rooting for. Um, as of right now, Odell's had three targets, caught all three for 34 yards. It's actually kind of um, I think I think the Mark Andrews injury. Uh, is very very sad um but it does open up a ton of opportunity for odell right he seems to be the, the key beneficiary of that off that injury although you know everyone keeps talking about likely i really think it is it is obj right yeah they seem to uh, be determined already to get odell involved and uh, i remember that that even before the injury there was lots of there was games and, and plays where they they, they seem to be going to him on purpose because they want him involved, uh, and yeah, that sort of makes sense. I, I don't know if it's just going to consolidate to Odell, but uh, I guess it does seem like he he, he is getting uh, a lot. He he does seem to be the, the main target now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was kind of hoping that they would have been turning stuff over to to Zay Flowers, um, but I guess I mean I, I guess realistically they've got the kind of archetype realistically like. It's it, it's sad to say this, but like it's almost like they need Rashad Bateman, like the player, to just come alive and be who we thought he was. Right. You know, like yeah, the offense of needs that spark. Yeah, um, and that kind of archetype, right? Because it because like Isaiah likely, uh, unfortunately, at least to me, he's just never that guy. Um, but like Bateman, Bateman's got the type. Like he's a bigger, he's a he's bigger a burner. Target than, yeah, and he's a bigger target than Odell and Zay Flowers. I mean, those are like like Odell is how tall is. Odell Beckham, he's, he's like five eleven, right? Yeah, yeah he's, I think right. he's in that roughly he's five eleven. Yeah, he's he's five eleven. I think Zay is a little shorter than that. Zay is, um, uh, maybe. I think maybe. he's like five ten or five nine, something something ridiculous. Yeah, he's five nine. So Zay Flowers at five nine. I think Rashad Bateman six two. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it's. Like I mean, with my 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 point behind all of these guys, yeah, six one six two. Like, like my point behind these guys in the heights is like you want to have that big body receiver in 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 the in the end zone at least as a target for Lamar because they don't have that right now, right? Like with like with Mark Andrews going down and like like right. exactly. yeah, I, I think Odell sort of right now at this stage of his career profiles is sort of like the solid player, like he's a veteran, like he's not he's more. He's more likely to get the route right, like to have the timing and stuff like that. But he's not ripping off big plays. Yeah, We're, and we we've seen that Bateman can do that, and they they do well. Honestly, their offense has been has been turning. It, it's been doing well, but and uh, that that would be a big benefit to them. I, I agree in in the passing game. Um, just as a surprise, it looked like Keaton Mitchell got the start on this uh, tonight. Uh, as of right now. Justice Hill and Mitchell have like three carries apiece, with Gus Edwards only having the one. Um, I was curious about like, do you have 
Do you have any Keaton Mitchell takes? Do you have him in any of your FFPC MEs anywhere, anywhere as a waiver wire ad? I, I, I have not, unfortunately, not been on the Keaton Mitchell uh, train. Don't, don't really have him anywhere. I don't have enough managed stuff for that to yeah. be like a real statement. And then he, he, he wasn't really like he was too deep to be a basketball target. Right. Um, I thought when, when, when Keaton Mania was sort of, and uh, when we had when he had those one or two big weeks on on the low touch count and the low snap count, um, I thought that the Ravens backfield it's not really a very valuable backfield because yeah. you have Lamar there. There's not that many goal line carries. There's not that many targets to running backs. It's it seems to me like a very split three ways backfield, and that that's like that's a really tough target, especially when and even on great efficiency, that that's tough because there's just not a lot of ways for you to win there. Um, and and so the, I, I guess there was hesitancy from me there. But he does seem he, he seems to be an excellent player. He seems to have a, like a really strong start to his NFL career, and could totally um, at this point with him getting the first carry and all that sort of stuff, he, he could totally be uh, a 60, 60 to seventy percent like sort of snap share guy down the stretch. Like that—that that seems really reasonable to me. Yeah, and I do like your point about like how the Ravens' backfield isn't particularly valuable, right? Like, I mean, here we are all sitting with uh, J.K. Dobbins' exposure at like, at like some level, and right. that's like, that's been a shame. But like, what it took for Keaton Mitchell to emerge was like a Dobbins injury, and then Gus Edwards to be to be like not Justice Hill to not really be all there. Gus Edwards to kind of like them realize that they needed more explosion. Like it took a lot a lot for Keaton Mitchell to finally emerge, right? Like you just cannot target him in 18 in 18 rounders. Like maybe if you're playing NFFC 14, like those the deep 14 team 30 for everyone drafts like 35 players or whatever it is, right? Like then it's a different story. But um I did see something pretty crazy the other day that before uh before week 12 started, Gus Edwards was like the number five running back. Yeah. In PPR. Weird. Which yeah, was pretty insane. I, I I think a lot of that is just touchdown luck yeah. and and sort of like big play luck. Um, but I, I I thought that was nuts. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, actually, I wanted to wanted to drill down on the point you made about the backfield not being particularly valuable because there's another oh, yeah. thing that 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 reminds me of right. So it's Josh Allen who completed 29 and 51 passes for 339 yards, two scores, and one int. Right, he was uh, like this was kind of one of like a vintage Josh Allen game, right? Like he like he had two big rushing touchdowns, like one on the uh, from from nine yards and then one from sixteen yards, right? And he also found Gabe Davis for a long passing touchdown. But like you know, kind of to your point, like you know, with with, with Josh Allen doing this, like where would you be drafting James Cook next season? Um, and where do you think? And like, what do you? Where do you draft? I guess Josh Allen, because this year, you know, I don't know if he's going to pay off that QB one draft slot, but I'm curious, what what are you going to do with that, or like the elite QB tier next year in terms of best ball? So the the fir- the first question is on uh, what what do I think James Cook like? You're asking yeah. me what do I think his uh, sort of efficient ADP should be next year? Um, yeah, like, I, where do you think he should go? Like like like, what's his ADP next year in your opinion? I think he's probably somewhere, and, and maybe this is too harsh, but I think he's somewhere around eight or ninth. And that, that feel maybe that that, right. maybe that's too too harsh. Um, but I think that there's like 
a, a bunch of signal in uh, in how he's been used this year. And, and 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 maybe I'm reading too much into it, but when you have people like Latavius Murray and and and, and that sort of player uh, are consistently getting the goal line work ahead of them, like to me that means that let's say uh, Harris and uh, Murray aren't on the team next year. I know that very often people would react like that. Oh, listen, goal line work, open up. But the fact that th- those are very replaceable names. Like, mm-hmm. I think next year's next year's Latavius Murray will still get the. Uh, it might not be Latavius Murray, but some another player like him will will consistently get that goal line work over him. Right. <laughs> yeah, and there will be yeah, and then the Josh Allen, right? And and I I get. Maybe eight or ninth is too uh, is too conservative, but to me, I, I I feel like when you're when you take a running back, you're taking a bigger risk than any other sort of position. So you, you actually you sort of do want some cushion in there for them to really really smash. And like I I think that eight round is is a pick where James Cook can like totally like completely bury that and. Um, but I think when you when you get into sixth or seventh, it's it, it that's just too expensive. I think. Yeah, we. I mean, that's a little bit cheaper than he was this year. But I mean, I think if you're going in thinking seventh round is a value because this guy's gonna smash, I mean, that was the thesis going into this season, and we haven't quite seen it yet. So um, I do think that. It, w- it makes sense for drafters to be a little conservative with Cook for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. I mean, you know, when you said eighth or ninth, like my initial reaction was like, wow, that's way too cheap. I'd be all over him at that price. But I mean, considering, um, yeah, how he hasn't been able to pull away from Murray, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm too optimistic. Or at least and not even Ty Johnson in the mix. I, I, I'm like that's the that's the price eight round. That's the that that's the price where I'm happy to drop James Cook. Yeah, yeah, and I I think the one thing that we do need to balance this with is that there is a good class of incoming. Well, as of right now, rookie running backs are going to be declaring, right? Like I think that that like that is an is an added um, wrench that we need to be considering in that it's a risk factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we've yeah, totally seen we've we've seen at day two uh, picks at running back, they have like okay year ones and twos, and then if if, if a team is the type of team that takes running backs early, which I, I it the, seems like the, the bills, bills are, are yeah yeah then that that's an, an additional risk that especially in the February drafts, which is sort of like your first bite at a at twenty twenty four action is is a big consideration. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's and and to be clear, this is what we're talking about because like once, I mean, everything gets shaken up after the draft, right? But like, I think you do need to draft when you're drafting in the as you mentioned in the February drafts. You have to think about stuff like this. Um, right. I mean, like James Cook's biggest saving grace is the fact that he got his he sees a lot of work through the receiving game. Right. Seven targets today, got six of those for fifty-seven yards, no scores. But you know, again, it makes him a threat this season. It just it just gives me some pause as to where you're drafting him next year, right? And I have a weird feeling that when those Feb drafts open, we're going to be seeing James Cook, like, in the sixth round or fifth round, just because people will want the starting running back on a high-powered offense. 
Right. Yeah. That, you always if, have the offensive. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, especially if if Murray is gone and it looks like that competition is not there, I think people will kind of forget that Murray was just you know he was just a guy that they got off the street. Right. Yeah. Pe- people do love they they. It feels very comfortable. It seems like to to sort of target the offenses where you can reliably predict will score points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what, just to go back to a question about the Ravens, um, I, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit disappointed about Zay Flowers, and uh, mm-hmm. in, in yeah. sort of recent weeks, relative to the sort of offseason hype, relative to the early uh, season uh, production, like. It, it it just it doesn't feel like it's been there. No. Uh, if anything, they've like reduced his role. Isaiah likely uh, for anyone listed following, he's now got four targets, got three of those at thirty six yards, right? Um, but yeah, no, I I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like when you look at Zay Flowers' early season production here, um, they didn't, they're not even using him. Like it feels like the splash plays aren't there anymore, right? Like even like like just last week against Cleveland, you know. Six targets, got five of them, 73 yards, right? But it's been so up and down, right? Like um, against Arizona a few weeks ago, seven targets, five catches, 19 yards. Like, what is that? In your opinion, Connor, like, I mean, like, and this is like, again, like you said, like compared to his early, before the before the uh, the London games, right? Like started for him. Right. You had, mm-hmm. you had like his first, his first uh, week, 10 targets, nine catches, 78 yards, right? Then the next one, five, five targets, four catches, 62 yards, 10 targets, eight catches, 48, right? Like, like where have these numbers gone? Um, you know? so I'm, I'm, I'm looking now, I'm, I'm sort of trying to answer my own question now. Like how, how disappointing is it really that <laughs> it's sort of tailed off and just looking at his game logs, uh, on the, on the road of his, uh, static explorer. So he obviously he had that ridiculous he had forty eight percent target share in week one, and clearly that's just uh, an un, uh, unrealistic to to sustain. But it do, it it is pretty apparent that in terms of like market share of the targets, he's still been pretty high. Like week three was thirty three percent, week four twenty four percent target share, week five twenty nine percent, week six twenty nine percent. Week eight, it was a twenty-seven percent share. Week ten, twenty-seven percent share, and these are like week eight, for example, against the Browns, twenty-seven uh, percent target share on a sixteen-yard air yards per target. So, I uh, I guess to me that sort of suggests that the the Ravens' offense has been the problem, and in, in that they go up by so many scores. They've been so dominant, and and then they take their foot off the gas. That that's been the problem. That it's not really his market share of the offense. It's that even even though, uh, and I definitely expected it to be a a, a more pass heavy offense this year. Even though if that it felt like that, it it just hasn't materialized because of um because I, I think game script, but I I think that that's where the checking as well yeah i think that's probably right i just pulled up the receiving ep numbers and you can kind of see how how that's trailed off a lot where you're you're you know expecting only around 10 points from him most weeks right um 
I mean, if he finishes the season, he's up to like, what is it, 588 yards? And, well, he just got another touchdown. So two touchdowns he's got. So if he finishes at like 804 or something, I mean, for a rookie, that's not bad. Where would you have him next year? So, and just on, on my my own question on terms of game script for uh, uh, the Ravens. So the Ravens had had true week one through 12, had 380 offensive plays where they've been by a head, by a touchdown or more. And that's, that's more than half their offensive snaps, which is just 728. And so that, that, that's pretty insane that like, I, I think they're a good team, but I don't know if they're so good that you should expect their, uh, over 50% of their offensive snaps to be uh, winning by where they're ahead by more than a touchdown. And so um, with that being said, um, and and I see that they have like a fifth overall on the season, they have a 50-50 pass rush split. Um, And if I, I I know we, we sort of looked at uh, the situation neutral stuff and, 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 two years ago where situation neutral pass rate actually wasn't that valuable. And um, yeah. so I think that um, the, the, the sort of signal from, and I'm, I'm just sort of thinking through it uh, myself, the signal from the season is that maybe we're, we got a little bit too ahead of ourselves in thinking that Baltimore, we're going to open it up with the passing game <laughs> and that it's still very much a, a run heavy team. And with that, but but having said that, um, Zay Flowers is still a pretty, a fairly dominant uh, target earner, um, and 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 going in as a second year player, um, I think he should probably be going. Or where where was um, what's his name, Drake London, going this year? Uh, I think Different. he was going around like the fourth, the late fourth, early fifth. I think. And probably a little bit ahead of there is, is where Zay Flowers should go. That's my thought, too, like mid-fourth, right? Yeah. And then, I, obviously, I'm using an anchor there. That, um, But it, it feels like it, it's similar to the, the Drake London scenario right. where right. Uh, you're not, you know you're, not, you're probably not going to get a lot of pass attempts, but it's, it, it's, an, it's a talented second-year player who's, who's played well. His football yeah, right. has been good. Um, so there, um, we, I, I guess we've come full circle from getting very concerned to like, you look at the numbers actually, you know, he's played well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, is there... go ahead. No, you know, I, I want you to go, you go first. Well, I was just thinking that, uh, when you put it in those terms, like, you know, you, you could have some people saying, Oh, we tried this with Drake London last year. Good player, yeah. or bad offense or Actually, it's not even on a bad offense because Atlanta is a little offense. bit different because they don't pass, but they also don't. They're score actually points. a bad offense. Um, yeah. Whereas Baltimore, you know, we saw like just in this game, they got really close and they gave Justice Hill a couple carries before finally throwing the pass to Flowers to get him a touchdown right at the goal line. So there maybe is a little bit more um, scoring upside in this in this offense compared to Atlanta, but. Seeing how London has done this year at a fifth round cost, maybe has people a little bit uh, shyer 
about Flowers, who I think wasn't as exciting a prospect necessarily to begin with. So perhaps coming in with a little bit lower expectation anyway. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is almost the end of 2023. We are coming up to the holiday season. I, for one, am very excited about the holidays as they approach. But it can be a time of the year where you may struggle with seasonal blues. It can be a wonderful time, but it can also be a challenging time. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded, give you the tools to manage everything going on 2023 was the first year that i tried therapy i started in early 2023 and have continued throughout it's helped me to learn positive coping skills to help me work through the process on a day-to-day basis and to help me process some life events if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched to a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. visit betterhelp.com rotoviz today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash rotoviz we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's it's not like he is um, as exciting as as someone who Cobra Kai is talking about in the chat here, right? Like uh, uh, Jordan Addison, right? Like, and, and he thinks Jordan mm-hmm. Addison or Tank Dell should be going in round two. I don't know if that's like that feels a little rich to me. But what helps Zay Flowers' bull case is the fact that there will be no more OBJ, right, next season. Um, right. OBJ is on a one-year contract. But then here's the, the flip side is, is we shouldn't be double-counting that because right now he's doing fine and he's probably going to have a reasonable end of stretch and uh, end, end of stretch to end out the season, but he doesn't have Mark Andrews to contend with. He takes up a pretty big chunk on this offense, right? So, like, how high sh- – like – like, 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 true value. Like, yeah, and then, and then, and then, Cobra Kai makes a good point. Like, 
are we sure OBJ will not be brought back in 2024? We don't know that yet. We don't know what negotiations are going to look like. Um, it did take a while for them to to happen. But when we start drafting again in um, February, like these are the things that we should be at least thinking about a little bit because um, we're going to be committing capital to, you know, making or figuring out what's happening with these guys. Um, and that's kind of a bit of the game, right? Like uh, Drake London today, just, just for, for what it's worth, had a... I hate like I don't know about you guys, but like every time, every time it flipped on the the Saints, uh, my, the red zone flipped on Saints uh, Falcons. It felt like a comedy of errors was happening on the field. I don't know if you guys got the same the same feeling, um, but uh, uh, <laughs> rough day for the offenses. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, Carr still threw for three hundred and four yards, and he's really putting a damper on my. Uh, season long under on him um but uh drake london seven targets today caught five of those for 91 yards he has to be hyper efficient for that type of stuff right uh the guy i really want to talk about was Bijan, 16 carries 91 yards and it's in the score also saw six targets three receptions and 32 yards in the score last week we had um packer in on and you know he was saying that like you can see Bijan going as a top five pick or a top three pick uh Draco, like, how high is too high for Bijan next offseason? Um, I have sort of changed my tact a little bit when it comes to Arthur Smith. Um, I, I, I've always been on the mindset where, or, or, or especially last year, sort of the mindset where people put too much stock into the coaching stuff and they overanalyze it, they try to overpredict, but and, and and maybe I'm I'm reading too much into sort of like a one season result, but it, it's truly felt like uh, Arthur Smith is a is a true outlier in terms of his coaching stuff. <laughs> in that, um, it, it, uh, his stuff the, the stuff he does just doesn't make any sense. Like mm-hmm. it it it's it'd be one thing like just take uh, Kyle Pitts for example. It'd be one thing if um you know. He was like high root share, high ADOT, high air yards, market share. All, all those sort of arguments made sense for him going into the year. But then when they started cutting him off in terms of roots, when they start, um, like when, when the Bijan usage, it, it, it doesn't make as much sense anymore where um, they, they, they seem determined to get these two other guys involved. It, it and 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 today was probably fine because they they were still using him around the goal line, but the the the, the sort of weird the the non logical rotation of it, it it's thrown me off a little bit. Where I, I'm I'm sort of thinking like I I I think there's a pretty good chance that Arthur Smith is like an outlier head coach, and that even though the st- the stars on his team are so so good that uh. You, you need them to get fired for those players to return the high, yeah, uh, the high uh, draft capital. Like, don't get me wrong. I think if Bijan is a like second round next year or, or like two tree turn, like I, th- I, I still think that's like at a cost where more than justifies the risk. But I, I, I think you need a, like a pretty hefty Arthur Smith discount on Falcons mm-hmm. players, which I, 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 I wasn't um. I knew that you needed that, but like a special discount for Arthur Smith. 
like more so than other uh, weird coaches or bad coaches. I think that and, makes... and I, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. I was, did I answer your question? I was like, yes, I did. After all that, I did answer your question. <laughs> yeah. I think that makes sense. I don't see a scenario in which Bijan is not a first rounder um, next year. Although when you look at sort of his profile, um, just pulling up his weekly or his uh, NFL Stat Explorer page, there is definitely like a lack of ceiling, like 21.2 points in week two. Um, You know, before today, he really hadn't, he hadn't done anything better than that. So you want to um, talk about lack of ceiling, dude? Like pull up Kyle Pitts or Drake London, right? <laughs> well, like, I know, but we're talking about a guy who's potentially yeah. competing for a top five pick and probably could get there just on just based on like the hype. So uh, you know, I think Bijan does like he's talented enough to have that ceiling, obviously, but I th- you know, with, with the Arthur Smith stuff, you definitely want to be cautious um right is he is he does he have a realistic chance at like a legendary season is is the question i think so yeah yeah i mean i think so it's just he should he should he should yeah but but like yeah like actually i mean my mind says no my heart says yes (laughs) (laughs) right like i think i think that's what makes it so hard right is that is that lot like logically that's the the concern that, that, that you have, I guess. Like, he, yeah. he should be getting a, a bunch of targets. He should be getting a bunch of goal line work. Uh, he's a special special player. Um, and, and and he should, like, by his talent, he should be a first-round pick. There's no there's no question to me yeah. that he should be a first-round pick. Uh, and, and again, maybe I'm just being too cautious and conservative on a running because he's a running back. Um, but the, the, the sort of like pathway, like what, what's, what's the, uh, what is the pathway to that legendary season? Is it like Arthur Smith all of a sudden goes, Oh geez. Like <laughs> all the things I did last year, I was just dead wrong. Like I, I, I just changed my mind. I think it has yeah. to be a coaching change, right? Yeah. Yeah. Has to be. <clears throat> and are you going to make a, somebody a first round pick in, uh, based on a uh, hope that the coach gets fired, that doesn't feel you right to me. No, right. I mean you can't do that. Um, yeah, because 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 I mean because I I thought we'd have five running backs to start with, like at least next year, right? And I was thinking it would be CMC one on one, and then it'd be like Bijan one or two, and then probably like Jonathan Taylor one or three, and then like Gibbs one or four, and then I can't figure out who the one or five would be. Probably yeah. Justin Jefferson or running back, right? But like, um, the more I mean, you there wasn't that it, many running backs in the first round this year, right? Yeah, it was CMC, it was Bijan, it was Eckler, and I think I think that was that it. That was it. That was it. Before. Yeah. And so, with with how the season has worked out for running backs, I I could see that actually being less. Yeah, that's what that's what Cobra Kai was just saying in the chat. In that, like, we've got we've got Raheem Mostert, Rashad White, Brian Robinson, all those like top eight running backs. Like, what's right. the point? Yeah, no, no, right. no, 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 none of those guys are even sniffing mm-hmm. uh, early round uh, draft. Right, so, and you can. And I, you I can think find... you, you've got a trend of running backs going later, and and 
the actual seasonal results to me do nothing to, to like arrest that. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause next year you could just take Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Like, like there's been, despite all like the quarterback injuries and the receiver injuries, um, like there's nothing that should at least erase the fact that they were having the lights out seasons, right? Like, 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 like Justin Jefferson was on fuego until he got hurt. Today, right. Jamar Chase almost single handedly won the game for the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like he was like, like he was make like like Jamar Chase was somehow everywhere. Like every time a ball would hit off a Steelers defender's hands, it should have been picked off. Jamar Chase was there for the rebound somehow. I don't know if you guys watched that. Um, and this was coming in at with you know with Kenny Pickett, who you know he had 278 scoreless yards, completed 24 of 33 passes. I think this was the first time in like two and a half years or a fairly long time that the Steelers actually had more than 400 total yards of offense in a game um, that we'll see if that continues. But I, you know, like, like, like just talking about how some of these guys are early, some of the elite receivers, like, I don't know how you can take them like after CMC, right? Like, do you think it's still Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase? Do you think the one like the top three is still going to be the top three, the way they were, or do you think there's going to be, you know, Sorry, Cup. Yeah, Cup, Cup is a guy who definitely. Out. Yeah, he definitely falls out. I, I don't think. Um, uh, I don't think Justin Jefferson or Chase is. Uh, yeah. Uh, ADP changes at all. And Do you think? Tr- Go ahead. Uh, no, the other guy who was being drafted, like he saw a lot of destruction in his like his draft. So this was the guy who was going at the one-two turn, if I recall correctly, when drafts opened in February, and he only saw a backslide. Ramondre Stevenson. Right, he rushed 21 times for 98 yards today. He also had five catches for nine yards. He was—he's pretty much like, like their offense right now. Him and Demario Douglas, right? He also scored right. a lone, like the lone he, touchdown. He's—he's he's bordering uh, on sort of like being a dead zone guy. Yeah, he—he—he. He, he, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like that's where he's going to go next year, I think. Right? Yeah. Like, he's a guy who who was like. Like he, like he's the guy who you like the kind of archetype you want to avoid, right? They all like when you when you're drafting in February, they just have this buku high ADP, and then it just goes backwards. Like 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 if you were drafting in Feb, all of all you did was watch your one two turn Stevenson turn into five six turn Stevenson, and you're like, right? I, he turns twenty six in February. Yeah, so he's, he he's not old, he's not old old, but he's that that's. That's definitely on 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 the border of when it's like okay, he, he's on he's on he's on watch to hit the cliff, and and it definitely felt like he's hit a cliff at, at points this year. Yeah, I'm right, just pulling up uh, box score today. Uh, for Stevenson. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's on me. I should. But it, I, I I was thinking about it. It is. It's definitely. It's difficult to fill out the first round. Uh, yeah. for next year because yeah. I, I, I can see C.D. Lamb and Amon Ra. I, I, um, like you saw Amon Ra he, in, in, the, uh, in the main event uh, drafts that happened after Thursday night. He was firmly mid-first round. And I, I think I think you can, you can probably plug him in to mid to late first round next year. And I think I he's think even mid, dude. What's I, think he's definitely, I think he's definitely in the mid-first round. Like, um, like, like you can see it go CMC. Like, 
Like this probably goes against what we discussed last year, last week with Pat, which I'm actually hoping is how it works out. But you can see a world mm-hmm. where we see CMC 101, Justin Jefferson 102, Jamar Chase 103, CD Lamb 104, Tyreek Hill 105, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown 106. Like you can see that. You yeah. can see that opening. Right. And and right. it's it's probably hard to, to see to, to guess the exact order. Yeah. But generally yeah. That, that that's what it feels like it'll be. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that kind of is interesting is to think about, I mean, because everybody's still, I believe, looking for kind of the next CMC, the next running back that could do, you know, the 400-point thing. So you might see guys like Jameer Gibbs moving up into the early first. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who else could really really make a big jump like that. It's – I don't – I don't I think, think there is for, one. ETN could be like one yeah. turn. E- ETN could, but like how high can you really take him? He's sort of been a little disappointing in the run game. Right. Well well they they've started using Darrenus Johnson a lot more. Yeah, they've which yeah, he's not a workhorse anymore, which he, he definitely opened the season as a workhorse, but not anymore. No, yeah, because yeah, yeah, Ben Gretsch pointed it out in Stealing Signals. And then I think Bakarin reiterated it in Legendary Upside, but like I mean, I guess if Kyron Williams continues having more oh, games man, like the one he did, there is there is no he, way. But yeah, what he a, doesn't what a have the profile to fit to fit that. But I still think you know, based on just um, his performance and he could be a Twitter court run pick in February, yeah, for sure. I yeah, think. sixteen rushing, sixteen times, hundred forty-three yards in a score. Six catches, 61 yards, and another touchdown. Almost 40 PPR points. Yeah. Just nuts, man. Where, where, Blair, where do you think he'll, he'll, he'll end up in uh, February? I kind of think he's probably a 2-3 turn. Maybe sliding even into the, into the mid-second. Right. Yeah. Like, isn't that's where um, what's his, Leonard Fournette was going the year after they won the Super Bowl. Two tree turn, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so yeah, I get it. I get it. The question it. is, will the Rams draft someone? What are the Rams draft picks next year? <laughs> they have a ham yeah. sandwich. <laughs> they probably do. They, oh, they only have their fifth round pick. No, they had their first Kai, round pick in twenty twenty four. They had their Kai first makes round a pick. Good, a good point. In February, they won't have any. He won't have any competition. So it might even be earlier yeah. in February until they sign someone or possibly if draft they, someone if they yeah. if they yeah. i think i think if is a big because i mean like the whole thing is is that Kyron has done really really good work right, right? like like could you, could you pull up his status score i i guess just to, just to maybe be a bit more of a bear and uh, going mm-hmm. into the year they weren't planning on they, it wasn't their intention to give Kyron this sort of usage Right, they, yeah. they had been intending to split it between him and Cam Akers. And then they had a falling out with Cam Akers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so to me, like, the idea that they will plan to, to, to give Kyron this sort of usage going into next year, that, that, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. I mean, even coming into the game, when you look at, for instance, his expected points, there's not a really, well, okay, it was actually pretty good in the beginning of the year, but starting to trail off, like 9.4 in week five, 
12.4. Week six, he obviously got hurt that week, and we don't have the numbers for today yet. But but those were but yeah, but that was his like expected points. I pull up his right. actual PPR. Like look at his actual like. Well, yeah, I mean, like, most yeah, weeks he, he destroyed he, that. Yeah, he outkicked his coverage like ridiculously against Arizona last like the last time out, and he just came like right out of hibernation and did it again. Like, yeah. like he is—he he literally went on IR, just like seething to come back six weeks later, and just like, ah, I'm gonna do it. Uh, Bryce Ridley in the chat asks, "Is the Adam Thielen train over?" Yeah, I I think it mm-hmm. might just be over, bro. Uh, pull up Adam Thielen because uh, he had another stinker today. He's not on our show sheet. I'll pull up his stat line real quick. Um, where'd it go? There they are. Matt, uh, I mean, I think it's all over right now. Uh, actually, this this is probably a good question for Connor. Connor, uh, Bryce Young definitely fast today. He had three carries, twenty three yards on the ground. Um, somehow they're not they're not really calling any design runs for him. Um, Adam Thielen uh, saw only three targets today, one catch for two yards. Um, and then also, if you look at his Star Explorer, he has uh, since the bye week, he's noticeably trailed off. Um, so, I wanted to get your take on on the Panthers, uh, the Panthers' offense sort of next year. Like, where do you think these guys are going to be going? Um, and do you be, like are you going to buy any sort of dip on Bryce Young? So, um, Bryce Young was already, I think, he he was very cheap this year anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's probably undraftable and borderline undraftable in uh in one qb stuff but oh shoot um well when i say undraftable mm-hmm. sorry i i think he's probably like a 17 16 to 18 round pick as okay. a qb in uh in one qb stuff and so viable on so viable on DraftKings, but not 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 a guy who you want to be wasting roster spots on an underdog or ffpc yeah yeah like he's like it's it's he's probably he, he profile somebody as like definitely a um hey i missed all my stacks you know i can get carolina players cheap let me just give it a go but no, mm-hmm. no nobody's gonna feel good about that like the offense has been bad he hasn't played well i think i'll probably be more interested in them in, in superflex mm-hmm. and i think that I'm, I'm or at least i'm i'm hoping that the um the stink on them means that the guys that you, you draft him around he, he's just going to out project so that that's the that's the only way that i'd be sort of interested in bryce but um i don't i don't think he's shown enough for you to take like when you're taking a quarterback in single qb um you're 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 sort of like you're taking a risk there because you e- even if it it pays off and and, and it works out it's they can only play in one spot, so the, your upside is really capped. So if you're taking, if you're ta- if you're using roster spots on a more marginal guy, um, and it feels unlikely that they're going to hit any kind of ceiling, then I think that's pretty tough. But yeah. on superflex, the the risk is is gone away because you can use them in the second spot, and 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 even those those fourteen point weeks, they still matter. Whereas the fourteen point weeks in one QB is almost uh, almost irrelevant. Yeah, especially when you have when you have guys like Dak and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts putting up forty as a ceiling, right? Uh, Cobra Kai 
Let's be real. Bryce Young is Zach Wilson, NFC South. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, look, look. He is the he is like the Peyton Manning of the Astro Cognition Test, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> tell you that right now. I just um, pulled up uh, the Advanced Stat Explorer because it's kind of funny to look at Young's numbers. He's got sixty-two percent on target throw percentage, which is the lowest of any kind of. It's crazy to see Deshaun Watson thrown. down there. It's yeah. so crazy to see Deshaun Watson down there. The thing to look at is this A dot number because Bryce Young yeah. attempting passes 5.6 yards downfield, whereas everyone else on this list is like seven or eight. Um, even Zach Wilson is throwing further downfield and throwing more accurate passes than Young. So, you know, the other thing I noticed in his NFL Stat Explorer page is that he hasn't had a game yet with positive efficiency. And at first I was thinking, you know, how much of that is Young's fault and how much is just that uh, he really doesn't have that many guys to throw to. But some of these advanced quarterback stats do seem to uh, isolate kind of the quarterback's skill a little bit better than others, and it doesn't look good. Right. is low on target, low dot. Right. It's is, is not good because – that that <laughs> there's just no good way to spin that. <laughs> Short passes thrown inaccurately, not a good right. recipe. Somehow that's worked. That's worse than Zach Wilson. It's amazing. Yeah. Just what a player, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of this offense because apparently uh, Frank Reich is on the on the lava seat, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up tomorrow and he is. He, I think the charge like the Panthers would have decided that they've seen enough. Um, now, you know, now you're getting, I, I wonder what the story of the season written would be, but especially cause they traded up for Bryce young, right? Like, yeah, I'm not sure where to make of that. Um, uh, I did, I did want to touch on a guy who, who had a massive breakout today. Um, Rasheed rice, he got eight of 10 targets for 177 yards and a score. Um, like, uh, we sat him uh, in our FFPC main event after getting burned by him last week, but I guess we shouldn't have. He led the team today in targets, catches, and receiving yardage. Um, just, you know, what's really, I think the, the signal in this game was that he dropped two passes early, but most of his production came after those two drop passes, right? So I guess it shows in intuitively that, like, the coaching staff, one, trusts Rice, but two, also recognizes their lack of talent in their receiver court, right? Um, so I guess, Connor, what are your expectations for this guy rest of the season? And, you know, depending on his end, like where, how he finishes the season, like do you think he's going to be overdrafted as we start next year? Overdrafted? Uh, yeah. Well, just because just because I can see people shying away from Travis Kelsey because of his age, right? So... So I guess the way the way I would say it would be both Kelsey and Rasheed Rice are going back to back in the mid second. Well, Kelsey goes mid second, and then Rice goes mid third. Right. So I don't know if that's an overdraft or not, in your opinion. Um. So say that again. No, so, no, just the last sentence. Yeah. So Kelsey going mid second, Rasheed Rice going mid third next year. Mid third. Um. Mm-hmm. I, I I would honestly be shocked. If uh, he was mid third round next year, just given get, get, just given his points, and um, 
but I was I was encouraged by today where uh, Rishi Rice he was second on I, I I'm and I'm just uh, and maybe you don't like this but I, I I'm looking at the uh, the PFF just because this is one where I think it's important he was second on the team in in offensive mm-hmm. snaps for uh, uh, receiving weapons next to only Travis Kelsey um so he had more he, so to me that's a big step in the right direction where he's leading the wide receivers in snaps and routes whereas be, his big problem before was that he was wildly efficient on mm-hmm. per route data um but they just weren't playing him and so you had the the comments i think there was it wasn't a quote it was like a report where the chiefs had said they'd done some self-scouting over a long week and they said okay we got to get our playmakers in, 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 on the field but more and in better uh situations positions and then you had some injuries and so to me it, it's it's pretty i i think i i, I, I like saying that he uh he went from a sort of low snap guy to, to leading the team or sorry second on the team to kelsey um and then obviously he rewarded the chiefs for that with some big plays that that helped them win the game and so where do i see uh rasheed rice i think i can probably see him somewhere between the sixth and seventh if but that 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 assumes a lot that that assumes that he continues to sort of uh, marginally lead the team in snaps and routes like it if, if you get to the playoffs and in the playoffs, Rasheed Rice is running like 90% of routes is the clear number two. I, I think that, that that's a situation where he, yes, he is probably in the third round next year. Um, but barring that, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking more like sixth round. Um, and I, I'm pretty encouraged just because he is somebody where he, he's a young player and every time he's on the field, he performs. And yeah. So he, right. To, sorry, I, I spent a lot of time talking there. No, 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 okay. no, no. no. It, it, it's good because it's good to hear um, that kind of perspective, right? Because, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for putting that up there, Blair. Like, his usage has been baffling to say the least, right? This is a team that really needs a running mate to Travis Kelsey. They've tried forcing it to everybody else. It seems, and, and it just felt like, you know, Every time we get the ball to Rasheed Rice, he does something well, and then they just stop. They just forget about him for a while, right? Well, yeah. well, today they, they 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 actually did play him quite a bit, so yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, they did. Uh, his game today was definitely encouraging. His receiving FPO numbers, FPOE numbers, have just been crazy. I mean, seven seven points over expected in week seven, six point three in week nine, um, and he had ten targets today. Yeah, yeah. So He's looked... to me, like they like there's only thirty two targets on the team. He got ten of them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm really encouraged. Uh, to me, that that that's showing all the signs for an emerging sort of breakout star. Yeah, sure. and this is like he's kind of coming into what we want this guy more to be, right? Like, um, and man, he's look, he's look like he's a good. You know what I mean? Like it's. Like especially because like the Chiefs have stubbornly lost games because you know mm-hmm. they just don't have like I mean like you can't you can't live subsist off of throwing the ball to Justin Watson fourteen times 
So um, I'm I'm happy he stepped up. I have a lot of <laughs> a lot of dynasty teams that that needed him to step up, and um, those teams aren't particularly good. So in a, I'm in a bit of a rebuild. So it's good to have him on those teams. In terms of his like value next year, I think this game in particular was really huge because you know yeah. you can kind of see that he hasn't really done much, um, but still. You know, just based on the hype of being potentially Patrick Mahomes wide receiver one uh, next year could get him up pretty high. And now that I think people have seen he does have that ceiling, uh, that's just going to solidify that kind of sentiment. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I I think it'll be important to to sort of like see this going forward as well. And I think we kind of continue leading. Right. I think we will, right? Because Kadarius Tony's on IR. I believe Nicole Hartman's also on IR. So, like, there's been a pretty rapid thinning out of that wide receiver core. But then also, you know, Richard James doesn't exist. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, like they're probably going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets with Sky Moore, Justin Watson, and 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 uh, Rashi Rice. Right. So you're going to need some. Like, we just need to see more out of. I guess not necessarily see more out of him, but like. Hope this like this is like a beginning of something to catapult, right? Because like he's going to be a pretty big, a big guy. Um, in your opinion, uh, Draco, how much Rashid Rice do you have on your teams, and like, do you think he can help take you home? How many? Um, so of my eleven currently advancing teams, uh, I think he's one of my most owned players. Let's uh, go. Rashid, I have four uh, Rashid Rice teams, so that's thirty six percent of my currently advancing teams. Nice. Uh... Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Who so yeah, that that would be really player? helpful. Who's the who's the guy that you really need to uh, carry you over the finish line in these teams? Um, who's the guy? Uh, my bit my most owned player. Uh, my second most owned player is a Chan Devana Chan. So if, if he can turn it on yeah. for uh, for next week, that'd be pretty helpful. And then unfortunately, my highest owned guy is Bryce Young. Uh, most of that most of that's super flex so like i'm not that upset about it i think he's still like neutral there um but yeah wish wish i i I targeted him and um what's his name cj stroud a lot and this Mm. year and i wish i wish i'd a little bit more cj stroud and a little bit less uh uh, bryce young right right uh, Han is a guy who's really kind of fun to think about in terms of his valuation next year, because obviously when he's been healthy and on the field, he's looked amazing, but he's small and the injuries kind of, uh, are keeping us from getting a really good look. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Do you think he can break into the first two rounds? If, I mean, it all, it, 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 it there's so much uncertainty. Like, right. uh, if if you uh, if you get like a late season and playoff run where he's amazing and like they use him a lot and he's scoring lots of points, then that that could totally happen. Um, but it, like you mentioned, there there is an element of people who will say, you know, small player, easy to say, injury prone, and all that sort of stuff. Like, there's definitely still a bias against small running backs. Yeah. That could keep him out. So it that, that that's so hard to call, but I I think I think it's definitely possible. And um, given how so much of the story is left to be written, 
but uh, is it like there, there's he really he really has to I think perform well and get a good snap share and all that sort of stuff for that to happen. W- what do you think? Because I, I that that is a hard one to think about. I think. Yeah, that's a <clears throat> that's a tough one. I think I'd be I think I'll be excited to take him in the. I don't know, maybe in the late second, early third, assuming he comes back and is at all close to what we saw. Like, he doesn't have to have an amazing stretch. I think we've seen enough of his ceiling that if he comes back and is solid, that's enough to get me excited about him at the end of the second. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree there. Yeah, I don't know. If If it turns out that he's like, you know, obviously on this Dolphins team, these running backs can have big game so if he has a few more then um i don't know first round doesn't seem out of the question to me i like the small backs the small fast guys so i don't have a a problem necessarily with taking him there but uh yeah he's definitely an interesting guy because i don't really think we've seen a lot of a lot of guys his size have that type of success that type of success i mean we've seen you know you think of I mean, you got to go back to like, I don't know, Danny Woodhead, maybe to think of a guy who who put up that kind of score and he was not, you know, the next season, he wasn't a first round pick. I don't think. Um, yeah, it's hard. He, he to reminded think of... me of Calvin, uh, not Calvin Young, Chris Johnson, right? who I thought of, who is 203 pounds, one. whereas Devon is obviously smaller than that. Right, 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 right. Chris Johnson's a good one. And he actually, I believe, was a first round pick for at least a couple years so probably not probably not uh too crazy to think hn could be a could be a first rounder if he right if he comes back and is and is pretty special right yeah and, and i i i guess i should have been clearer in in my like thing of like if he if he gets a good snap share and he plays really well and all yeah right that that's what i was thinking sort of first round but i i i agree with you in that like if he shows anything at all like he's going to be an early pick next year. Yeah. I think I wonder like if the Dolphins decide, hey, this injury is kind of nagging, uh let's just keep him out for the rest of the season. Like how excited are you for him fully healthy next year if he doesn't play again this year? That's tough, right? Yeah. Because in theory you should be like excited that like okay, uh he had that injury. He 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 must have fully worked through it now. Like you should be getting fully healthy, at uh, Chan uh, to start the year. But then it's also like okay, well, he he did a little a little bit and and then just completely disappeared. Uh, the information I have is less like less information, even though I know that he's he's healthier. Um, I think, um. Yeah, I mean this hypothetical is pretty far fetched because the Dolphins are, you know, right, are, make are a pretty contenders. deep playoff run. So uh, that yeah. would be that would be a pretty serious injury if he were out for the rest of you know for right. however many games are left. So you'd have to take factor that into account. It wouldn't be you'd be thinking right. about his injury in a much different way if this happened. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're sort of hinting that it's not it's like almost not that important to think about as well because eh, it's unlikely. Do you it think they unlikely. won't bring back Mustard? What's the question? Sorry. Do you think they won't they won't bring back Mustard? They have a potential out in 2024, mm. but is salaries fairly? I mean, it's still fairly low, right? Like, do you think they just won't bring him back? 
Man, it's hard to think that Mostert's not giving them the value that they're paying for. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? So, so his uh, his twenty twenty four season, his base salary goes up, or his yeah, his base salary goes up from one point two to two point four. Yeah. So it does. It, it, it's going up, but two point four for what they're getting feels pretty reasonable right right yeah like it's like it's fairly low for what i mean can you, yeah. and at his age not much leverage to get anything else so right no and it's only the one year left so it's not like that they have like this big commitment but the dolphins will have cap issues next year mm-hmm. they, they yeah they will have to find savings in the back of the question next year and that could i mean that could be something where they're like okay you're, you're like we 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 need we want to restructure this to a two year deal and, and all that sort of stuff. So you're gonna have to work with us. But uh, like you said, he's older, so he, he might just agree to it. Right, right. All right. Uh, any other any other big news we need to discuss? There were a lot of a lot of people leaving games early in the early uh, afternoon. I can't remember if there were any injuries that were serious. Javante suffered right. an injury, came back. DTR suffered an injury. They turned it over to PJ Walker. Yeah, right. I, can, I can really think about my uh, my former uh, co-host for Stat Chasing tweeted out a list of injuries to watch. Uh, Rashid Shahid, he had a tie right. injury that he came out with. Olave had a concussion. Amari Cooper had a uh, a rib injury. Um, and then uh, this is the Mario Douglas uh, had a head injury. So of the the groundbreaking uh, fantasy football injuries, there you go. Here's a good one. Uh, not an injury. Jalen Hyatt had 109 yards on five receptions. Is it is it Jalen Hyatt season? I hope yeah. so. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, uh, I, I... <laughs> Giants winning games, ten to seven. Hyatt's it's been interesting something. that uh, DeVito has been uh, serviceable. Like, he hasn't just been awful. Yeah, like, I mean, he's, he's, he's been, like, serviceable backup quality where it, the offense still gets some yardage. And he's definitely playing better than Daniel Jones was for a bit. He did have, yeah, one good game, three touchdowns last week. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, and this one, yeah, I don't know, no interceptions, and he was moving the ball, getting Hyatt involved is nice. Would like to see more from Wandale, obviously, and more from Saquon, mm-hmm. more more than ten points. But uh, but I'm I'm encouraged that that Hyatt is getting, you know, putting getting yards and uh, doing stuff even with the third string backup. Um, right, it's hard to. He's becoming an important player for them. Which right. is good for a young player, for a young for sure. sort of, uh, and and hopefully the the offense is is good enough for him to have a meaningful breakout for the second half or, or late late regular season playoff. Right. Yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to think about what <laughs> what you want to be doing with Giants players next year just because there's not necessarily an easy way to see them making massive improvements on the offense. Um, since they're winning games, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, they're they're sort of locked into Daniel Jones. Yeah, um, 
you probably have a bit more clarity on um on on who the starting skill position players are that was one of the big uh not really mystery or not intriguing for most people but it was one it was a big question mark where who was going to be the starting receiver for the giants in 23 i i, I don't think that's really a question in uh in 24 where you know uh Wandal and hyatt are the two main receivers right uh, and after that you you probably do have some questions but not uh not as relevant right right all right uh i think that will do it for us here thanks so much connor for hanging out this was a lot of fun um hopefully get some more points from these uh ravens although i think i think the teams that hassan and i were sweating are already dead so (laughs) they they definitely did i was i was a bit sad Uh, i did want to get you i mean like it really has been a shame watching what has become of the chargers yeah the you know yeah i don't know i've got herbert going in some in some leagues where i could use points from him and you don't necessarily expect good games against the ravens but still this is expect something Anyway, uh, yeah, that'll do it for us. So uh, thanks, everyone, for hanging out. And remember to like and subscribe and all that good stuff. And we will talk to you next week.